0: It is it Thursday, is Thursday. August, Thursday. 17th. August This is Jaguars Happy Hour.
1: Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the St. John's River Water Management District. And now, crashing right through Mark Brunel's restraining order, JP. <laughs> It got lost in the mail. Welcome in. It is Jaguars happy hour, and welcome to the team hotel in Troy, Michigan. Day two of Jaguars-Lions practice on Thursday. The Jags will practice alone Friday, and then the game coming up Saturday, preseason week two for the Jaguars and the Lions. Busy day, of course. Busy two hours ahead on Tintin XL, 92.5 FM, jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube Uh, Jags-Lions again today, of course. The uh, review of today's practice, no pads. We'll get to Jeff Lagerman coming up and get his thoughts on it. Kai Stevens coming up at 4.30 today to join us as well. And playing time in preseason week, 2 We'll see who could play. There may not be as many as you think uh, from the front line playing in this game on Saturday. And then at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson show. Uh, We'll hear from Doug Peterson in his press conference earlier this week, Wednesday. Uh, He'll join us live again uh, starting week one when the Jaguars face the Indianapolis Colts up at Lucas Oil Stadium ahead of that game. Trevor Lawrence spoke with the media after practice today discussing the difference in seeing another team across the ball.
2: In some ways I think it's better because you get to really... You know,
0: handpick the situations you do,
2: and you get to get all that work in. Like it's hard in preseason; you don't know which situations are going to come up, um, how much you're going to play, all that stuff. But out here, you know, you can kind of protect yourself a little bit, but also get the work in, get a lot of plays, get a lot of different situations work. So that's that's really good.
1: That's Trevor Lawrence, the full availability after practice on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home. Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. Jeff Floggeman, Jaguars analyst. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, JP. We're back.
2: Yeah. Yeah, No. and uh, great weather here, too, you
1: know, by the way. Yeah, pretty nice.
2: It, uh, it's been nice to see uh, – a practice where you have another team involved in the environment that we have it's just been a joy to be outside and i'm sure the players loved every minute of it because i could you could kind of tell i mean day 2 typically you kind of have guys that run out of energy when it's hot I think it was probably more spirited today than maybe yesterday. Felt like it, right? Without pads today. Yeah. There was a little bit of that chippiness yesterday. You might expect it, some
1: thud tempo, a lot of that extracurricular things kind of went on. But nothing really over the edge today. Okay, it's got to be light, well, right? There's no, Wait hold a minute. Hold now. on. Let me finish. At today, okay, let's take the pads off. It's really going to be light, right? No, no, no. There was a little more of that today, it felt like. And you're right, to your point, the energy was still there for both teams. They both have a lot to prepare for and some expectations now for both sides that they're trying to meet.
2: Well, I I think there was a little bit that was over the edge. Um, Okay. And that was, I think, because of the Detroit Lions defense, they were slinging some of the Jaguar offensive playmakers around a little bit in no pads, and there's absolutely no reason to have that. Uh, There was multiple – two different occasions, okay? Uh, Jamichael hasty ended up having a uh, linebacker Jack uh, some Jack Campbell their second first round pick that they had he throws Jamichael hasty kind of into the boundary I mean what, what are you doing I mean it's totally unnecessary and then uh, the defensive tackle John Kaminsky grabs Jamal Agnew kind of around the head and then does a spin around and wants to throw him like a like a discus or shot put I mean what are you doing I mean and I and I, and I will Give the defense, or excuse me, the, uh, the offense credit. They kept their cool, yeah. and you want to keep your cool. But at the same token, you can't take that crap. I mean, you have to be able to stand up for your teammates. You have to stand up for yourselves. And I and I like the way that they did that. Kaminsky yesterday pulled some of the same crap, and I thought that uh, Luke Fortner did a great job of kind of putting a stop to that. And then you had just like yesterday, today you had. The teams kind of come together in the middle of the field, and you had Doug Peterson and Dan Campbell out there kind of going, oh, wait a minute, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, you know, trying to cool things down a little bit. I thought for a minute that the head coaches were going to have to take like a little time out and then have their teams and bring them up and maybe have a little conversation. But, uh, but coolers helped core heads prevailed
1: a lot of the uh, yapping kind of spurs a little bit of that on as well cj gardner johnson the cornerback for detroit was uh, yesterday a lot of the time was doing a lot of the chirping with calvin ridley when that would go on i think they know each other from the old days back in south florida Uh, either way it kind of spilled over today Uh, gardner johnson's over on the sideline kind of you know, chirping from afar to, to keep it going.
2: Well, look, uh, the reality is is that the D- the Detroit Lions defense was the worst defense in the National Football League last year in yards allowed, thirtieth in points allowed, and so look, they're trying to change the way that they mm-hmm. do their business. And C.J. gardner Johnson is a guy that was brought in because he's he's vocal. He is, uh, I guess, he motivates guys with the way that he talks, and he but he's got a. He brings a swagger to a defense, to a defense that really de- doesn't have one yet. So I think they're trying to establish an identity, and, and I've said this before, that I think that the Jaguars' defense needs to work on establishing their identity. That identity doesn't necessarily need trash-talking and cheap shots against the opponent in a joint practice, but you know what I'm saying is that, that, look, when you are a unit that is trying to establish yourself, there's a certain way that you want to have people perceive you how you play the game.
1: It is the second week in a row for the Lions to host a joint practice, by the way, so not the first time they've had a team in this training camp. We're on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. You know what helps a defensive swagger? Pass rush. And a guy that can do it. And Aiden Hutchinson now going into his second season. Uh, today there were some changes in the Jags offensive line. Anton Harrison was off to the side and the team stuff today. Uh, Blake Hans got some time over there on the, at the right tackle position. They were moving Walker Little around a little bit today. So some changes there. Uh, Hutchinson, though, he's everything that you want he's all of six six and he's got the skill to go with
2: it. well and Anton Harrison who left practice a little bit early yesterday with the shoulder didn't do some of the team activities today but he did the one-on-one drill today against the Detroit Lions offensive line or defensive line and he once again closed the door on Aiden Hutchinson didn't give him anything now Aiden Hutchinson ended up beating some of the backups Mm -hmm. but you know that were behind Anton Harrison he's got a great spin move and on one occasion. Uh, But look, Anton Harrison continues to look exceptional. The shoulder is an issue that's going to be something that I think he's going to have to continue to monitor through the season, they're going to have to make sure that he's gotten enough time to recover, etc. But uh, I love his feet, I love his demeanor, I love the way he finishes, Uh, there's a lot of reason to be excited there. And against uh, a guy that's got one year already under his belt, who had nine and a half sacks last year, and Hutchinson, it's great work. Great work for, for Harrison.
1: I saw we were on Huddle Up yesterday on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars YouTube, um, and you mentioned the harness that's on his right arm. I saw that today. Right. The the black kind of sling on the outside of the sleeve there and kind of restricts some of the movement of that shoulder.
2: Yeah, and you could tell that today that Anton Harrison, because with a, a shoulder harness, typically most of them are adjustable, okay? So if, if you really wanna protect the shoulder more, then instead of allowing the arm to go back to here, you tighten the mechanism up and make the arm only go to here. And so you could tell that today, because of what happened yesterday, they might've restricted that movement a little bit today. And that Harrison was having a little bit of discomfort with that. You could see some communication going back and forth between him and and the trainers, trying to get that thing to feeling a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a great design. I, unfortunately, I played a couple different seasons with shoulder harnesses, and and to kind of go over it again, that there's a. Uh, complete wrap around the upper torso of the body, and back in the day it was canvas. I think there's a lot, a lot better material now than there was back then. But yeah. back then it was canvas. It was a potato
1: sack back then <laughs> that they cut up no, and they strung together with. No,
2: it yeah. was. It wasn't that archaic, but it was. It was <laughs> canvas, and then the sleeve that went around the arm was canvas, and then you actually had shoelaces that went because you had eyelets here on the inside of the arm and then eyelets on the part that went around the torso and so you could control yeah, how far That's it true. went by the strings and how tight you had them or mm-hmm. didn't have them and nowadays you it's a like a more of a neoprene sleeve with a, a couple pieces that go from here to there or from the chest to the arm that restrict that movement so, i mean it's it accomplishes the same thing but it's just a a more updated version of it in today's game.
1: And uh, we, we're talking about uh, Anton Harrison, of course, Jaguars right tackle, who was uh, limited, let's say, in practice today. A couple defensive players were out today. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. And some one of those at least could be extended a little bit. Um, back to the offensive line, WE SAW WALKER LITTLE SLIDE INSIDE THE GUARD AGAIN A LITTLE BIT TODAY. HE'S BEEN DOING SOME OF THAT IN CAMP. IT'S NOT A SURPRISE. IT'S NOT uh, HIDDEN OR ANYTHING. IT'S OUT THERE IN PUBLIC PRACTICES. That um, HEY, JUST TO SEE WHAT KIND OF LOOK HE WOULD GET THERE. I guess the question, I didn't get to see the one-on-ones today, but have we seen Cam Robinson slide inside at all, his no, training camp? I haven't.
2: I haven't either. I haven't seen that, and, and I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I haven't seen it, if right. it has. Right. You know, I, I've only got two eyes to look one direction, so I, right. I can't be looking everywhere at once. That's right. But, but I haven't seen that yet, and, and Cam's a tackle. Yes. Um, I think Cam could play guard in a pinch, but is you know, he's long, he's big, he's he's athletic. Could he play guard? Sure. But uh, I think he's more natural position is okay. tackle. Okay. So they're, they're trying Walker in there
1: as well. By the way, he hasn't played guard before. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, so.
2: I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, he, he, just because you give him reps in there doesn't mean that he's going to be your best option to play guard but once Cam comes back. This is when you find out, though. That's yeah, why you try th- it now. E- exactly right. You, you, know? d- you do that in practice now. Maybe you do it in the preseason game. It will be this week. I don't know. Maybe next week against Miami. But you you want to see it, possibly. And uh, with Miami being the last game that Cam would play, I mean, maybe they end up letting Cam get some more reps at left tackle in that game, uh, getting Walker Little some snaps to guard. I mean, who, who knows what they do, but they like to multitask the offensive lineman. And it, not just – I mean, very few guys will stay where, they, where they're where they at. There's a couple like Fortner. Fortner's going to play center. Yes. And, that, and center only, okay? <laughs> That's right. Brandon Sheriff is going to play right guard and right guard only. Okay, Anton Harrison, Josh Wells, Cam Robinson, to some extent, will play mostly left tackle, but then Walker's going to have to multitask as well. So uh, another good thing along the offensive line, Ben Bartsch is back this week, and yes. I, I thought he had a really good start to returning from an injury. Let's not forget, he had a significant knee injury last year. I mean, a significant knee injury, and I want to say it was in the first four games of the season because I think Shatley started, what was it, like 12 games or something of that nature? Uh, Yeah, he had 12 starts, and so uh, I think it was game five that uh, Ben Parch ended up going down with a significant knee injury, and they were holding him out early in camp. And then uh, earlier this week, they said, okay, or last week, they said they're going to get him some reps, and he got some reps. And uh, this week he's been put the pads on. And, and one-on-one, his opportunities, he, he had a, he's had a really good start to his training camp coming back from a significant e- knee injury. And that's encouraging because Shatley is still working on the side. Yes, he is. And so they, they've got some numbers, okay, on the offensive line that are a little concerning. Okay, he's got Josh Wells out. Anton Harrison's a little banged up. Um, uh, Shatley is out. Koy uh, Kronk looks like he's kind of a little dinged up. Uh, you know. So you got some guys that are out. So I'm, I'm sure that every offensive line coach would like to have three deep for every game, and they're not going to have it this week. Plenty ahead. We'll come back in a
1: moment and get into the Jaguars' defense today against the Lions' offensive group. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. We are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Welcome back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, Thursday, preseason week two. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman from Troy, Michigan at the Team Hotel. Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. We're on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, jaguars.com, and video on Jaguars YouTube today. Glad you're with us. Thank you. The uh, Jaguars and Lions practicing two days in a row pads yesterday. No pads today. The game coming up Saturday, 1 o'clock at Ford Field, downtown Detroit. Uh, It's two similar teams. We talked about that. Two similar mindset teams, let's say. I think the Jags might be, in terms of the roster uh, on offense, certainly a little bit ahead of where the Lions are. Um, Defensively, um, hey, the Jags have moments. They can take the ball away. They've got guys. They've got guys that are going to develop and get better. Um, they just got to get a little bit better, right? And, but it's two teams ascending. That's the whole point. The Lions feel like they're right on the edge of being at the top of the NFC North. The Jaguars were at the top of the AFC South last year and may not be a Super Bowl preview this week. However, uh, it's two teams that could be knocking on the door. Well,
2: I think what's amazing is that uh, how you look at, at these two teams when you look back at last year, they both had the same record. Right? I mean, 9-8. and eight. Right. Okay. The Jaguars win the division. The Detroit Lions are left on the outside looking in of the playoffs, even though they ended up winning the last game against Green Bay, which gave them a sweep of Green Bay on the season. But, uh, look, uh, the NFL obviously thinks very highly of the Detroit Lions, too. I mean, that's the marquee game with the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night for the for the opening game in the National Football League this year. That's right. And there's a lot of buzz about Detroit, it's the first winning season they are coming off of in, I think, the previous five years, and Dan Campbell's kind of a, he's kind of that old, full of testosterone, old school head coach, you know, and and the people in Detroit are excited about their football team and, and they're excited about Dan Campbell. And. But, but they're very different teams when you look at the Jaguars compared to the Detroit Lions, especially offensively because their offense is based on having a very strong running game, a strong offensive line, not putting too much pressure on their quarterback, Jared Goff, where you feel like Trevor Lawrence can handle it. Um, the Jaguars have a lot of talent at wide receiver, whereas you look at the Detroit Lions, their second-best wide receiver is somebody that the Jaguars cast off of, and that's Marvin Jones Jr., which Trevor called his security blanket for the last couple years. So it's very different, and they revamped their running back room to they got rid of the top two guys that they had and brought one guy in and free agency, one guy in in the draft. Uh, But uh, I talked to Dan Campbell a little bit after practice today, and and he's incredibly excited about his football team. He feels like that they've got a real strong chance in their division is not particularly strong. Probably similar to the Jaguars in, in that aspect that the Jaguars, a lot of confidence in, in their football team and the division's not very strong.
1: You know, the uh, two of the receivers were out today. Amon Ross St. Brown was not available today. Jameson Williams, who's suspended to start the season yeah, anyway, and, and, and was he's out a,
2: today. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say this, JP. He's not one of the one of the guys that you, you feel real confident about from, from your university, unfortunately. He was banged up
1: a little bit last year, right? Obviously.
2: Well, he he was coming back from an injury, Mm -hmm. okay. That uh, I I believe it was a knee injury that he sustained at Alabama, okay. And they still drafted him in the first round because he's a a burner, a speedster. Didn't play a lot of last year coming back from the injury. When he did, he was uh, used kind of sparingly. Well, then he gets busted for the gambling issue, which there was a three of the Detroit Lions players that got and some staff people got busted for gambling. And look, the NFL's got some crazy rules that were very vague and I think hard to understand, so I, I kind of give him a little bit of a pass. Uh, but the way I understand it, uh, Jameson Williams is uh, a little bit of a wild card. Um, uh, the, the, from I'm hearing in Detroit, you know, we've got – a lot of different people that we have the opportunity to talk with at practice with the Lions, with the people that are, are covering the Lions, and that he's not um, uh, grounded very well, you know, so uh, that would be tough for the Lions if you can end up having that high of a pig be productive.
1: I'm on Ross St. Brown, though, over 1,100 yards receiving last year, six touchdowns. He's surely their number one guy, and then Marvin's probably right there number two.
2: Yeah, St. Brown is really good. I mean, what, uh, 196 catches in his first two years, tied the NFL record that uh, Justin Jefferson and then uh, Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints set. I mean, he is everything. The only thing he probably didn't have a a real high number of is touchdown catches. I think he only had six in both of his seasons, which is – not a particularly high number, but he's a good player. But but that's why this Detroit Lions offense needs to have a running game. It's going to lean on their offensive line. Jared Goff did a great job last year of protecting the ball. I think he only threw like seven interceptions. And he didn't have an interception in the last nine games, which is unbelievable, by the way. And that was one of the reasons why the Detroit Lions ended up being one of the top five teams in turnover differential last year is because – not because their defense was great, but because they did a great job of protecting the ball. I think they only turned the ball over as an offense maybe 17 times, which is a great number.
1: You know, this brings us to the Jaguars' secondary conversation going against some of these wide receivers the last couple days. We know what Tyson Campbell can do. He missed a little bit last week in the concussion protocol. He's back out there, of course. Darius Williams on the outside, but the question mark going into last week's game it has been a question that Doug Peterson once answered by week one is that third corner spot nickel corner who's kind of the next guy up at corner and one of the names that he listed last week in our pregame conversation was the rookie uh, Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M and I'll be honest with you I missed this yesterday I I missed him leaving practice yeah he was out but he was out today and it's a hamstring issue and That's a blow for a a rookie who was really starting to make strides in that category.
2: Uh, He was, and I I saw him in yesterday's practice rubbing his right hamstring. And uh, probably gonna miss some time. Uh, And I will say this, I I think he he might be the steal of the draft for, for the Jaguars. I mean, this is a guy that was drafted in the fifth round. I mean, fifth round. And when you talk to the coaches, at the early part of training camp and you just start asking questions, you say, hey, you know, who, who's starting to stand out? And you're not trying to lead them in any particular direction. You're, you're kind of trying to feel out where they want to go. I, I asked that question of like three different coaches and two of them were special teams coaches because those are the guys you first want to have the conversation with because look, the reality is a lot of roster spots that are up, up for grabs right now, that's the first consideration that, that's taken into account. So you, I always talk to special teams guys. And then you start to talk to the different position coaches. And when I started asking them about, you know, who, who's the guy that's standing out? Antonio Johnson was the first name that came up, right? So so I'm like, all right, you know, I, I got to start watching him a little closer. Well, at that point, there was no pads on. So I'm like, well, how, how in the world can you have that strong of an opinion <laughs> right. about a guy that hasn't even put the pads on when he's of safety size defensive back? And then all of a sudden the pads go on. The first game is played in Dallas and I'm, I'm watching the film and I'm going, Wow. Wow. I mean, play after play after play, you're watching Antonio Johnson, and he's doing things that you just don't see normal guys do. Uh, He's fast. He's athletic. He can play gunner on punt team. He can block gunners on punt return. He is around the ball all the time. He's effortless. He's physical. Very physical. I mean, there's nothing not to like about Antonio Johnson. So I I started asking the question, there's got to be something wrong with him, right? I mean, it, it, he's psycho, okay? <laughs> he's not smart. I mean, there's got to be something, right, that, that knocked him down in the fifth round. And so I, I actually asked Trent balky today. I was like, "Why was he available in the fifth round?" And Trent said, "Look, he goes. We had a second round grade on him, second third round grade on him." And I said, "All right, so tell me the truth. I mean, is, is he psycho? Is he, you know, is he is he not smart?" He goes, "No. He's got great character. He has all of the." the things that are you want out of a player upstairs. I mean, he was just a guy that was a safety that unless safeties make a ton of plays on balls, like Andre Sisco mm-hmm. at Syracuse, right? Yep, a lot of interceptions. Tremendous ball skills, making the play on the ball. Unless you're a safety that has those numbers, you can get overlooked, and he got overlooked. But there's no overlooking this young man. I think he's going to be the steal of the draft when you factor in what his draft position is. Hopefully he doesn't Mitch miss too much time because as we've seen in the past with, and not just with the Jaguars, but you see this with other teams, when young players miss a lot of time early, it has a significant impact on their ability to perform in year
1: one. We saw that a little bit last year, obviously Devin Lloyd missed a lot of training camp and uh, at a different position, but uh, it, it kind of caught up with him as the season went along there. It's Jaguars happy hour. We continue on defense. And fully Fatakasi off to the side and really kind of a week-to-week thing. I, it feels like he could be ready by week one. That's the hope, at least. It's not as, um, at least initially, not as bad as thought. But I'm going to give him some time day-to-day, week-to-week, to see how he can improve. Yeah, we'll but. We'll yeah, see. yeah, but. See, I mean, we heard. That, I mean, I'm going to add the yeah, but. He was banged up a lot last year.
2: B- banged up a lot last year. Yeah, but this is a foot uh, or ankle or, or something down yeah. there, okay? And uh, – Big men and guys that move that kind of weight, if all of a sudden you have an injury to the foot, it can affect the best of the best. And and we're not talking about an offensive lineman here. Uh, Offensive lineman, a little bit more methodical. They know where they're going, where defense is reactive, and you're being reactive with 320 pounds, 300 pounds, whatever, Vodacosti ends up weighing. Uh, But I talked with him a little bit today. He's, He's positive. He's upbeat about it. He's pretty confident about it. And... And I think this is something that, you know, once he gets over the initial discomfort of the injury, that this is something that he can work back from. So it's, an, it's encouraging that this is not going to be anything long term or may, may not be anything long term. I, I always like to say may you because, know. You, because, you know, coaches and trainers say, well, you know, this is not going to be long term. Well, last time I checked, it's not your body and you're not the one who's feeling <laughs> you know, how you feel. You know what I mean?
1: Nothing's, uh, everything's minor if it's not happening to you. Right. Well, uh, Exactly right. right. Back in a moment. Plenty more ahead. Coming up at the top of the hour, 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the head coach in press conferences earlier this week. He'll be back live with us week one before the Jags face the Colts. And Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. Johns River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. Kai Stevens joining us here in the hotel when we come back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's water. It's worth saving, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube. We're everywhere you want to be. Oh, I can't use that. That's the old tagline from, um, what was that, Visa? Yeah. We are. I think it was. We are, though, everywhere. Uh, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff (laughs) Blagaman, Kai Stevens with us here at the Team Hotel in Troy, Michigan. What's
0: up, Kai? Not much, thanks for having me. Let me come downstairs and hang out.
1: Come on down, here we are. And hey, another day of practice today. No pads today, but we are just talking about it earlier. Still a little bit of an edge between these two teams that really want to take the next step.
0: Got a little saucy at the end there, right? Um, right before things ended, but I think it's a good kind of, you know, Competition. At least Trevor was talking afterwards. We, we caught up with him, and he was like, I like it. I like that little, like, you know, a little something, something, a little fire. You don't have the same kind of mentality when you're going up against your own team. You want to get better, but it's not quite the same thing, or you hope not if it's good culture around you. Um, so just having that little bit of competition. I think it was definitely more on our offensive starters and their defensive starters than it was the other side of the field. They watched them for, like, a good hour yesterday, and it wasn't as chippy necessarily, our defense Are, Wait a minute. In there.
2: Are you sure you watched that side of the field? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So there's a little chippiness that's just yeah. not on I the field. I gotta say. Yeah. I gotta say, there's
2: a little chippiness going on off to the sideline too. Yeah, we all work very hard around
0: here. I like to say. Really, so. <laughs>
2: some
1: chippiness on uh, X or whatever it's called now. And uh, but hey, uh, and you're right. There, that was the where the bulk of it was today. Jamal Agnew's a former Lion, so he was hearing it from the sideline. We'll hear from Jamal coming up in the Doug Peterson show. I caught up with him after practice to talk about some of that today. And. Uh, dealing with some of his former teammates and the whole deal—it's just kind of part of it when you get in a joint practice like this.
2: Yeah, well, and he's he, Jamal's such a great guy, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it, it's not like that—he left here on bad terms. No, not at all. And the crazy thing is—is is what it's—it's it's been what. Three years removed since he was a, part, a member of the Detroit Lions. The roster changeover in three years well, for, with NFL
0: teams? Can be almost completely different, yeah. I mean,
2: totally different. So I'm sure there's a lot of guys on this football team that are going, he used to play for the Lions? What? <laughs> <laughs> right. So that works. Uh, Kai
1: Stevens is with us. All right, so um, what stood out today the most to you about this Jags team? I know it's tough. No pads today. A little different feel. Uh, to me, Kai, it was – Hey, these guys in the red zone are pretty good. Jags on offense. Yeah, our They've offense is good. They've got a connection really with Ridley and Kirk. They, they had another really good few moments today.
0: And things are coming together. Obviously, when in that first preseason game, you see Trevor throw a pick, you're maybe like, oh, what well, is this actually working out? But you have to remember, Calvin Ridley, as talented as he is, is a new piece to this offense. And working someone as talented as that is into what you already have is difficult. And also, as we like to say around here, Trevor is going to his second year. So there's always that second year jump as he figures things out. Gets a little more comfortable. And he's so comfortable with... Christian Kirk with Evan Ingram and and that shows now and even Zay Jones I mean it's just it's very clear that he feels comfortable and and they have that trust factor built in
2: how about the catch that Zay Jones had today it was like a one handed I mean just a freak catch mm-hmm. I, I I didn't think he was gonna catch it I was like oh my goodness I was over there hollering go look at that catch <laughs> it's and Trevor is so blessed fortunate whatever word you want to use that he has arguably the hardest-working group of skill position players that I've ever seen in Jaguars history. And, and I don't throw around superlatives very much, but I, I, don't, I can't think of a group that's worked harder than this group for their quarterback with Evan Ingram and Zay and Christian Kirk. What do you mean by ETN. that? How? Day in and day out, these guys come to work to go and, and practice at 100 miles an hour. They
1: don't take reps off.
2: They don't coast. They don't come out there with their shoestring or their shoes not completely tied because they know they're not going at full speed. And look, the reality is there's been some divas in the National Football League that will come out to practice in a padded practice, okay, and it's on grass, and they're wearing AstroTurf shoes, which means their whole plan is to not go move fast enough to where they need the grip. Whereas these guys come out, they're taped, they're ready to rock and roll, and they're 100 miles an hour. I mean, even Calvin Ridley. You And I was always one of these guys that, is, when, when you watch the beginning of training camp, you always wanna watch, see how the chemistry plays out, especially when you got a new guy like Calvin Ridley, because the chemistry last year was really good with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Zay Jones and, and Travis Etienne. And so you're like, okay, this new guy that's you know gonna be a star, and getting a lot of attention. How's he going to fit in? And after the first couple of days, I said, he's going to fit in just fine because he's got just as good of a work ethic as everybody else, and he works his tail off. And you could tell that Trevor and the rest of the group appreciate that.
0: And they use it as motivation. I think like if you have someone that talented come in, some people could be, you know, not necessarily jealous, but just kind of like, am I gonna get the same amount of balls thrown my way? Like, where is my role changing? And it feels like they've all really adapted quite well to this is gonna make us better. Him getting double team is gonna help me like personally, and then also what they do and just working on their own craft. No one's like slacking or worried or trying to find a way out. They're definitely all buying in. Even um, we talked to Evan Ingram last week, I think it was, and he was talking about this is the first time he's intentionally building a relationship with a quarterback that he's played with. Um, he's played in New York before, but, you know, Eli's at the end. Daniel Jones' time was a little bit different there. And then this, now that he knows he's going to be here, not that he wasn't doing it last season, but, you know, all through the offseason, they, they work out with Trevor all through the offseason. They go, they play, you know, they're practicing by themselves. It's not just mandatory minicamp and all that stuff. They're, they're working on this year-round.
2: I, I happened to catch the, the last episode of the hunt, and I, and I caught Evan's comment, uh, or actually I should say it was Trevor's comment, because he said he was asked the question, when did you find out about Evan Ingram's extension? And he goes, well, well, I was actually with Evan when, when that happened. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, see, that's it's perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. those guys are, are working on the relationship. They're working together. They were in Arizona, I believe. Yep. And working out together when Evan found yep. out about the extension. I mean, that's, that's exactly what you want.
1: If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. THIS TRUCK MAKES TOUGH LOOK EASY, YOUR LOCAL FORD DEALER, PROUD PARTNER OF THE JACKSONVILLE JAGUARS, IT'S JAGUARS HAPPY HOUR ON 1010XL 10, 10 AND 92.5 FM, JP Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman and Kai Stevens from the Team Hotel in Troy, Michigan as the Jaguars the last two days practiced against the Detroit Lions, now a day tomorrow to themselves for the Jags and then it's Saturday it's preseason week two, it's a one o'clock kickoff time at Ford Field, downtown Detroit. With all this work in the last two days of practice it feels like those might be the bulk of the reps for the starting jaguars you might see a couple spots kai in the game uh, maybe the right tackle gets some time walker little hasn't had a lot of time in his career maybe he gets a little bit at left a few spots on defense here or there um, they've got to see some depth on this team still and this is the time to do it next week could be the dress rehearsal uh, last chance out so Who do you want to see, maybe deeper down, stand out? This might be one of their last chances to truly shine under the lights, Kai.
0: It is, and this is probably the game where if you're on that bubble or you're not quite sure, you can really cement yourself. And for me, I think I look at people that showed out in the first game. You know, if it's Gregory Jr. having a follow-up game, that's just as good. So then it makes it an easy decision, right? Because if he has a great preseason game one and then doesn't do as well in preseason game two when he's playing a lot, Then it's like, well, is the first thing what you're actually going to do in a game or is it the second game? So I think that makes it a little more difficult. I want to see that. Yes, Yessir Abdullah do as well, you know, follow up on a great first game. And I know, Jeff, you're very complimentary of his just natural abilities to pass rush. So if he can continue to do that and grow and that would be. That's what I'm hoping for, at least on defense in terms of starters. Put them in bubble wrap. I don't want to see them for a week, like a couple weeks. Like you I don't, don't even know. see them next week. I don't. I well, mean, I know they want to get out there, and I know Trevor probably wants to play a half or whatever it is. I'm, I'm all set. I know what they, they are, a bit they are able to do, and I'm just, you know, and then a couple injuries yesterday or a couple things flaring up. I'd rather just play on the side of caution for me. But I'm a little, I'm a little more cautious than most. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, gotta, I know you probably play. want them all play. I, I know, all,
2: I don't want them all to play. I, I just want them to at least kind of get that. You got to work on you don't getting come ready cold to play. for the season. Yeah, yeah. I understand. And uh, and look, uh, I don't want to see them for very long, no. But it, but it is football, and there's natural inherent risk. That's just the mm-hmm. way it is. Uh, so, but uh, I'd like, I'd like the idea of having a three-game preseason. The second game or the second week of the preseason, going somewhere to practice with somebody so then you can limit your exposure in that game by not playing some of your starters in the game, by getting them a lot of reps with practice. And then the last game, hey, look, it's time to get our starters ready for the season. And then again, going back to the second game this week, this is when you need to evaluate your guys that you're going to be trying to figure out. Are they good enough to be on our roster? Are they good enough to be with the 53? Or are they good enough to be on our 16-man practice squad? <laughs> this game is going to be, in some cases, the last opportunity for some guys to show something to this coaching staff and this personnel staff.
1: Let's see it. Let's see it under the, the lights in the dome on Saturday.
2: Well, and, there's, and there's lots of positions. I mean, uh, defensively, the cornerback position, you've got to take a strong look at. That's probably, if you look at all the positions across this football team, that's the number one position that the coaching staff and the personnel staff are sitting there going, somebody please step up. Somebody show me, and, and, and not to where they to make my decision easier, to where you're clearly the best choice who are some of those guys you mentioned Gregory Jr
1: second year guy but there's a couple you know a couple guys they drafted last year a couple this year that could be in that mix to maybe get one or two out of
2: right uh, well I mean here's the list Devon Wilson who's an undrafted guy from Central Florida Eric Hallett who's a draft pick from Pittsburgh Gregory Jr., who, like Kai said, had a very strong start, cost fumble, recover fumble, one on special teams, one on defense last week. Clay Brooks is going to have to show something, but the one thing Clay Brooks has, Clay Brooks is hands down the best gunner on this football team. The best. The best gunner on this football team, and that's a critical part of special teams. Tavon Campbell, another guy that's going to have to show something in this game. Caleb Hayes is kind of on the outside looking in right now. Broswell had the diving interception in the Dallas game; that was impressive. Monteric Brown, kind of an ass eh start against Dallas. He's got to show something. And and Trey Herndon, and you know what he, you're going to get: steady, good tackler, physical, can play excellent zone, but at times, if you you can't put it this way, you couldn't line Trey Herndon up against Christian Kirk in the slot.
0: Okay. And play man.
2: Okay. You, you couldn't do it. I mean, right now, that's the, that's the question the Jaguars are trying to answer. Who can we line up to cover a Christian Kirk in the slot when we go to nickel? And right now, they don't have a definitive answer. That's what they need this preseason for at that position.
1: I don't know how many teams actually have that answer, though.
2: Right there's, there's some teams right? that do. The Philadelphia Eagles last year had the three best corners in football. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why they went to the Super Bowl. You know, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They were they struck gold on some late-round picks at the corner position, and they were young, but they were playing well in the back end. And part of that was due because they had some guy by the name of Chris Jones up front who was dominant, <laughs> okay, rushing uh, cover. That definitely help. Okay, so then the Jaguars are trying to find a little bit of answers in both places, okay, that third position, uh, nickel. And then when I say third position, I'm not singling out cornerbacks. Because the Jaguars are going to have some options at playing safety at that position as well. They did it last year with Winger, pl- kicking down mm-hmm. in there and playing that nickel or that dime at times. And so, uh, and then also the question about pass rush. Who is going to be the four guys that are going to rush the passer when they get to the regular season? Right now, Kai, who, give me four. Your favorite four guys mm-hmm. right now. If you're going to line up four guys to rush the passer week one, give me your four.
1: Third and eight. Jaguars defense on the field who you got guy
0: Trayvon Josh Ooh, I don't know I'm not sure Devin Lloyd's been having great camp but I don't know if he's gonna straight bum rush on the line. You yeah on the line? you gotta give me four the fourth one is to be named it's I tough. I can't say for sure and I'm so who's your third? um Devin Lloyd Devin Lloyd okay JP give me your four I well, you know and uh, four not Josh three.
1: Allen Trayvon Walker uh i would i would probably put roy robertson harris out there okay pass rush um and yeah it's tough that fourth one's tough right now it it, it is it's really tough right it now. is and it's, it's almost like do you put devon hamilton out there uh, I, like I, he's been one of your most consistent pass rushers in training camp
2: gets great push last year most successful pass rusher from the interior of the jaguars defensive front okay and this year he has shown nothing but having success there as well. Roy Robertson Harris has also been pretty strong in camp. I
1: mean, poor Devon, he's going to play like every down on defense well, at this and, rate. And here's,
2: here's, the, here's the part I think that's going to be interesting. I mean, he, he's a 335-pound guy that you just paid a significant contract to, okay? But most people look at him as a first and second down guy. I don't look at him that way. I look at him as, as a guy that can play on third down as well because he's a big man that can push the pocket. And if I'm an edge rusher, give me a big man that can push the pocket every time. It makes my life easier as an edge rusher. So I like Devon Hamilton on the inside. I like Devon. I like Roy. And I also like the possibility of kicking Trayvon down into the middle to give a guy who's big, who's strong, who also has a little bit more athleticism than most of the defensive tackles. And I'm going to stick with it now. I mean, 56 has got some natural pass rush ability. Sir Abdullah you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The old 56 too. Of
1: course, everybody oh, knows. Yeah, you going to get in there? Yeah, a little bit. i just kidding. A little bit. Uh, how's Jags AM going, Kai?
0: It's going great. We're getting our groove. We're on location for these two days, and then we're going to be heading back. And we do have some surprises coming soon for the season, so oh. that'll be fun. Some changes, new looks, all those things. Surprises? Surprises. I know you're not up at that hour. I'm just kidding. You are up at that hour. <laughs> you're just hanging out by yourself. <laughs> JP comes into the studio in the morning, and he's he has his alone time for two hours, and he's always jamming out by the time I come in.
1: That's exactly what happens. <laughs> actually um hey and you're gonna be on the sidelines again
2: Saturday? i am
0: doing the radio broadcast tomorrow with my friend over here and it's been fun
2: yeah she's doing a great job it's uh it's been great because you know what i love stories and she tells stories from the i sidelines.
0: love a story i love to tell a good story so please tune in we don't know who's playing yet but we'll be there
1: kai stevens <laughs> will be there for sure thanks for coming uh, downstairs here at the hotel Appreciate thanks it. guys Back in a moment, plenty more ahead. Jaguars happy hour is brought to you by the St. John's river water management district, Florida's water. It's worth saving the injury reports and final thoughts. Then at five o'clock it's the Doug Peterson show. This is Jaguars happy hour. Jaguars happy hour is brought to you by the St. John's river water management district, Florida's water. It's worth saving JP Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman from the Team Hotel in Troy, Michigan. The Jags and the Lions coming up preseason week two Saturday, 1 o'clock kickoff time at Ford Field. Uh, We're on 1010XL-AM, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube here on Jaguars Happy Hour, the Doug Peterson Show coming up at 5 o'clock. And it's time now for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. A few names starting to add to the list here. DeJuan Smoot still in the active physically unable to perform list he's off to the side getting work, in. it could be into the season before we even see him start to get closer and closer tyler shatley the jaguars interior offensive lineman still off to the side after the afib episode of about a week or so ago now Koy kronk off to the side again today anton harrison had some one-on-one work as we referenced earlier logs the right tackle but in teamwork, did not get out there today. And uh, probably we'll probably see him in the game on Saturday against the Lions. Ross Matasik, still uh, unavailable. Uh, Carson Tinker is here, was signed. He's snapping, which is <laughs> he's funny. <great>. He's,
2: uh, <laughs> Carson Tinker's a great, he's a super nice guy. And uh, he's got 10 years in the National Football League. Last year, he was with the Seattle Seahawks, talked with them today for a good bit. And, uh, and he knows he's kind of towards the end, but he's had a very successful career as a long snapper that started in Jacksonville, and also had a highly successful college career. He did, um, and so he's been uh, he's been around the block.
1: It ain't over till it's over, and and when the phone stops ringing, it's over. And The phone hasn't stopped ringing yet for Carson yeah, Tinker. Well, it. and he,
2: he's uh, he lives in Texas. Uh, him and his wife have uh, one child, another one on the way, and. You know, and he, he's in a good place. He came, ran. It he was yesterday in practice, and I'm sitting there, you know, where we were at. We were in the middle of the field, and so we're in the middle of two fields so we can watch both sides, offense and defense, work against the Detroit Lions. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I stand up, and all of a sudden somebody whacks me in the stomach. And, you know, I, I, I wish I would have seen it coming. I would have tightened it up a little bit <laughs> it? so it wouldn't feel so soft, you know. But it was Tinker. He's running by, and he slaps me in the midsection. And I was like, oh, man, come on, Tink. But he's, he's a nice guy, and he's a, he's still a good long snapper. Long snappers can have careers in the National Football League uh, 18 years, 19 years if they're good and they take care of themselves.
1: If you're really good at it, you don't notice it. If you're not so good at it, you won't be doing it long because it will cost your team football games. That, those handful of snaps a game, if you get them wrong, uh, it goes a long but, way. But
2: uh, Carson was telling me this. He said, you know, he said, typically, you know, when you, when you try to rank things as far as, okay, I'm a long snapper, and everything, you start in stages, okay, like no pads, beginning, that would be at the the beginning, and then the next step, okay, pads against your own team, and then, okay, then you do live with your own team, okay, then you go to this fourth step, and that's practicing against another team in pads, you know, and then after that, it's a preseason game, he goes, look, he goes, it's not easy having the first step be full pads, with a practice against another team. He goes, I woke up this morning. He goes, my neck sore, my body <laughs>
1: sore. And I was like, yeah, it's all right. You, you know the drill. It's a long way from playing co-ed softball a few weeks ago to playing now in practice and training camp. A few other names on the injury report, of course. Antonio Johnson, rookie safety, off to the side, hamstring issue, could be a little bit of time for him. Fatakasi, week to week. We'll see if he's ready for week one. Uh, Josh Wells, tackle. Uh, he was not available today and missed uh, the end of practice yesterday, so uh, we'll see his status moving ahead. That could be a little bit of time as well.
2: Yeah, the one thing about Coy Cronk, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, he ended up getting some team reps at the latter part of practice okay, today, good. so that was encouraging. Good,
1: good. Let's uh, see him out there. There's a chance for him in this I'll, game
2: coming up Saturday. Well, I mean, the reason I bring that up is offensive linemen, right? I mean, you're talking about – Anton Harrison with a shoulder, Josh Wells with like a hip groin, uh, uh, Shatley with the AFib stuff. I mean, so look, you, you just don't want to have anybody else added to that offensive line injury list.
1: Not at all. Uh, certainly not. Doug Peterson show is coming up. Head coach Doug Peterson will join us week one ahead of the Jaguars-Colts game up at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's a few weeks away from now. Uh, We'll hear a little bit from uh, Doug in the press conference. Uh, He spoke yesterday before practice, not today. Uh, We'll get some of those thoughts from the head coach coming up. We'll also hear from Jamal Agnew, Jaguars wide receiver and kick returner back in Detroit. And hearing it from that other sideline, a lot of the chippiness the last two days, uh, Jamal has not instigated it, but he has been the recipient of some of that. And we'll get his thoughts on that and the the kick return game. Th- this could be a change in the NFL this year. It's a one-year trial for the fair catch on kickoffs. I don't think he's going to be fair catching too often. If he had anything to say about it, we'll see. It's a uh, it's something we'll hear from
2: Jamal about coming
1: up. I'm interested.
2: Yeah, he's got a skill set that, uh, and I, it'll be interesting. I mean, like a lot of coaches that don't have a Jamal Agnew are going to tell their return guy, go ahead and just fair catch it. We'll take it on the 25. But when you have a guy like a Jamal Agnew who has multiple returns for touchdowns, including a field goal return for a touchdown, you're going to give him every opportunity to create a big play. And down the stretch last year, he created some, some great field position for the Jaguars football team. And, and now other teams will see that
1: tape, obviously, and maybe strategize to pop it up and force a fair catch or pin him in the corner or whatever that could be, and we'll see how the Jags adjust from that. We're a little ahead of things. Well, but, and then,
2: look, when you have a guy that makes you start to change the way you do things, as you know, the other teams coming in I'm talking about, yes. then that means you're doing pretty good from the standpoint of your guy is really good and that's making the other opponent do things differently than they want to do.
1: Think about four years ago, this guy was a defensive back too. Which is is crazy. He's a weapon on offense. uh,
2: Who who in the world put him at defensive back going all the way back to Pee Wee or high school or college whenever they pigeonholed him to the defensive side of the ball? With the skill set that he has, I mean, he's got great open space ability. And then the NFL is a space game now. I mean, whoever made that decision or that call, hey, you're going to be a defensive back. They should be fired. Oh, really? Are you going to go back and, and fire him? From, fire him. Okay, 15 years ago? Fire him. That's like putting Trevor Lawrence and having him play safety. What are you doing? of <laughs> he's an offensive weapon. He, does, he can do everything. He really
1: can. He probably could play put defensive him, back in a pinch. Put him in motion. They can toss it to him, sweep him around run regular wide receiver routes and everything that comes with. when
2: when you talk to coordinators that and i know i know a bunch of them that come in to play the jaguars last year they always talk about jamal agnew they're the opposing the the opponent special teams coordinators always talk about jamal agnew when you're facing a guy that you know has the ability to score with one touch he's a he's a factor and you always have to adjust with a guy like that. And that's that's a great thing about Agnew. And with all the other
1: weapons on the field and offense, could open things up for him if you're covering him. It open things up for other guys on this offense. A lot to look forward to on the offensive side of the football. A plethora of weapons. Indeed. We're back in a moment. The Doug Peterson Show coming up next on the network. will Here are a couple of thoughts from head coach Doug Peterson in his press conference yesterday before practice. The Jaguars and Lions just wrapped up two days of joint practices in Allen Park, Michigan. Uh, We're back in a moment with the Doug Peterson Show. Thank you for listening to Jaguars Happy Hour.